Hey guys, welcome back and thanks for joining me. I'm your host, Sherry. This just might be the shortest podcast I've ever done. I wish I could find more info on this guy. I promise you guys are going to love his story though. Today's story is about a young man by the name of Robert Johnson. Robert loved playing the guitar. The problem is that he wasn't very good. He was even told he was the worst guitarist in all of Mississippi. One night at a crossroads, everything changed for him. My sources are listed in the description area of the video. This is the story of Robert Johnson. The main events of this story take place in 1936. Let's jump back and see what was happening in the world around this time. This was peak Great Depression era. Adolf Hitler was ruling Germany. The average price of a new house was $3,975. Gas was 10 cents a gallon. You could get four cans of Campbell's tomato soup for 25 cents. Gone with the Wind was published. The Hoover Dam was finished construction. And lastly, President Roosevelt was reelected. Robert Johnson was born May 8, 1911 in Hazelhurst, Mississippi. Robert was the 10th child his mother had. All of his mother's children were fathered by her husband, who was a sharecropper, except for Robert. He was fathered by a plantation worker named Noah Johnson. Robert loved to play the guitar. He loved blues music. The trouble is that he wasn't very good at it. It's really difficult to confirm any real details about his life. All we really have to go on are the stories people told about him and some scratchy lo-fi recordings he released. The best source of info from is from the Robert Johnson Blues Foundation website. No one is alive that knew Robert Johnson personally. There was one gentleman, another blues musician, and one of the very best. His name is David Edwards, and he went by the name Honey Boy. He died in 2011 at the age of 96. He knew Robert personally and was actually with Robert the night he passed. Robert does have a grandson named Stephen. Stephen's father was Robert's son, and he was only six years old when Robert passed away. Robert found himself playing guitar and singing in these places called juke joints. I looked up exactly what is a juke joint, and it's described as an informal establishment that features music, dancing, gambling, and drinking, kind of like a dive bar in today's society. I also read that juke joints were like a community gathering room for black people to socialize during slavery times. If you've ever seen the movie The Color Purple, which is one of my favorite movies, there's a juke joint in the movie. So again, Robert is not very good at playing guitar. He strums, but he can't quite get it. All he wants to do is make a living playing music, and he just can't do it. He gets gigs at these juke joints, but that's about all he can do. According to the Robert Johnson Blues Foundation website, when Robert is 17, he marries 14-year-old Virginia Travis. They lied on their marriage certificate, stating Virginia was 18 and Robert was 21. They live the married life for about a year and Virginia gets pregnant. During this time, Robert stops playing music and tries life as a farmhand. He doesn't like it, but he thinks this is what married fathers are supposed to do. Virginia leaves Robert to go be in the company of her family who can take care of her. So Robert decides he's going to use this time to go play music. He strolls from town to town, getting by on these tiny gigs. Virginia dies during childbirth, and her and her baby are buried at Dark Corner Cemetery. 
Robert arrives and her family blames him for her death because he's out playing the devil's secular music. His wife died during childbirth. There is a blues player named Sunhouse who moved to the area around this time to be closer to his music partner, Willie Brown. I actually listened to some of Sunhouse's music this morning when I was in the car. Um, it's, it's just really old school blues music. And that's what a lot of these guys were playing. Robert looked up to Sunhouse and Sun said he remembered Robert being young and a decent harmonica player, but he was awful when he tried to play his guitar. He just couldn't hang with them. It was borderline embarrassing when he would try to play with them. Robert also started playing with a man named Ike Zimmerman. In 1931, Robert fathered a son by a woman named Virgie Mae Smith. The next year, he married a woman named Coletta Kraft. She died the following year in 1933. Seems like this guy just couldn't catch a break no matter where he turned. He had a very tragic life. Legend has it that one night at midnight, Robert took his guitar to the crossroads at Highway 49 and 61 in Clarksdale, Mississippi. You can visit there today and see a tribute to Robert there. It says crossroads and it's got two guitars. There, Robert cried out to God. He got on his knees and he prayed and prayed for the ability to do better. Robert actually wrote a song about his time at the crossroads. He sang, I went to the crossroad, fell down on my knees. I asked the Lord above, have mercy, now save poor Bob if you please. When suddenly Robert sees a tall man walking towards him, Remember, this is in the middle of nowhere in the 1930s in Mississippi. People aren't exactly just walking around at midnight. This figure is coming closer and closer. Finally, it meets Robert face to face. The figure is a tall, older black man. He asks Robert for his guitar. Robert hands it over. The man takes it and strums a few times, seemingly just tuning it for him. He hands it back. Suddenly playing the guitar was easy for Robert. He could just strum on the strings and beautiful songs would come out of this guitar. The devil then tells Robert, hey, I did this thing for you. Now you got to do this thing for me. And he asks for Robert's soul. Robert moved a lot during this time, he was all over Memphis, Arkansas, and Mississippi. He never married again, but he hooked up with a lot of women. He would use different names in each city he went to. That may be one of the reasons it's so hard to find a lot of information about Robert. Friends of Robert say he was very soft-spoken, and sometimes when he spoke, it was hard to understand him. He was well-mannered. He had a love for women and whiskey. Whiskey was his go-to drink most times. Some describe him as peculiar. He liked to disappear a lot. He would play a couple songs on stage and then disappear for the night. He would duck out while talking to someone in a bar. Robert forms a relationship with a woman who was 15 years older than him. Her name is Estella Coleman. During this time, Robert is playing gigs all over, but he doesn't draw an audience the way he thought he would. People come see him. He could play great, but the crowds were small. Some believe this is part of the deal of selling his soul. I'll give you the ability to play, but no one will ever come see you. Others say it may be the fact that Robert is black and lives in the South and it's the 1930s. You, you can put those pieces together and see why it might be difficult for him. 
Robert can play beautifully. I've listened to a bunch of his songs while writing this. I don't want to describe his songs as creepy because I don't feel like that's a good word. Creepy seems insulting, maybe eerie. They're lo-fi and poorly produced, but I'm saying this in 2021 using top-notch equipment to record this podcast. Back in the 30s, this may have been top-notch recording equipment. You can find his recordings on YouTube. Many believe they hear two guitars and not just Robert playing one guitar. Could there be someone or something assisting in his chords? A few of his song titles pay homage to the meeting at the crossroads. Me and the Devil Blues, The Crossroads, and Hellhound on My Trail are a few that come to mind. I will point out there was one line that had me like, what the fuck, Robert? In Me and the Devil Blues, he says, I'm going to beat my woman until I'm satisfied. I'm sure that line would never make it to production these days. When Robert would play gigs, he turned his back and he faced the wall. People who have studied this believe two things. The first is that Robert doesn't want the audience to see what is going on with his hands for some reason. The second is that Robert is shy and suffering from anxiety and he just doesn't want people to see him. Robert Johnson passed away on August 16, 1938. No one really knew he died. This info wasn't even put out until 30 years later when a woman named Gail Wardlow was researching his life. She found his death certificate. There was no autopsy performed. The death certificate just had the location and the date of death. There's a few stories surrounding his death. Remember, Robert loved women. One story was that he was flirting with a bar owner's wife. The bar owner gives him a drink and someone comes over and knocks it out of his hand before he has the chance to drink it. Robert is pissed that someone knocked it out of his hand and another drink is poured for him. The whiskey contained strychnine, which poisoned him. Robert began feeling ill later that night and his condition worsened over the next three days until he died. He was 27 years old. It's noted that Robert's last words were, I pray that my Redeemer will come and take me from my grave. One musicologist who studied Robert's life said that he actually got a confession from the murderer, but he wouldn't release the name of the person. Another theory that was brought up in 2006 is that Robert suffered from Marfan syndrome. It's a disorder that affects connective tissue. People with Marfan syndrome are tall, skinny, and they have extra long fingers and toes, which may be why he learned to play so well. This condition is also called spider hands. Robert's family denounces the theory that he sold his soul to the devil. They believe he just learned how to play really well. They mentioned that he was standing at the crossroads that night and called out to God, and God helped him, not the devil. It's been mentioned a lot of times that Robert was the first member of the 27 Club. Many of you know what the 27 Club is. It's a group of musicians who have all passed away at the age of 27. Kurt Cobain, Amy Winehouse, Jim Morrison, Janis Joplin, Jimi Hendrix, and so many others. Robert Johnson was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1986. I tried to find footage of who accepted his award, but I had trouble finding it. I'm thinking it may have been his grandson or someone. To wrap this up, whether or not Robert summoned the devil or just quickly learned how to play at a superhuman level, Robert was extremely talented and his music is still enjoyed today by many folks. 
Eric Clapton, Keith Richards, and Jimmy Page all say that Robert is their earliest influence on guitar. I bet he would love to know that his music lives on and would be excited knowing that some of the greatest in music history were influenced by him. If alive today, Robert would be 110 years old. Rest in peace, Robert. Take care and much love to you all.